Hey, y'all, and welcome back to Katie on the Flip Side, the podcast. If you are new here, hey, welcome. I've talked about a lot of different things on my podcast, but right now I am focusing on going through some of the top red flags that I have picked up on for codependency, recognizing that in myself, and the things that I started working on when I started working towards overcoming that and kind of codependency recovery steps that I went through myself over the past year that have gotten me to where I am now, mentally, emotionally, all of the different aspects of my life. Um, a lot of times when people will ask about how have you lost weight? How have you uh, bettered your relationship? Have you changed your confidence? And even to the, you know, the debt situation that we're in right now, if you're not following along with that over on our Cullen and Katie family vlog channel, um, we are talking about the debt that we're in giving you guys real numbers and kind of breaking it down on the process we're going through to get out of that. But even looking at kind of how we got to a point of being in a better place to overcome that, behind the answer to all of those different questions comes a change that I've had to make within myself to recognize some unhealthy patterns of behavior, of communication, of thinking, um, relationships and the way that I was living my life with a focus in a different area and towards a different direction than I needed to be going. A lot of the things that you'll find when you look into codependency, if you're looking into it, you think it's something that you're dealing with, you think it's somebody, somebody in your family or your, your friends is dealing with, um, you're going to see a lot of similar things. And it's crazy that as I started looking into it, I would look at stuff, you know, in, in the first book that I listened to um, on codependency was Codependent No More um, by Melanie Beatty. And um, it was mentioned, or I think, I don't even remember exactly how I found it. I know I kind of started hearing some of the concepts first in Rachel Hollis's book, Girl, Wash Your Face. Um, but then moving on to Melody, Melody, Melanie, Melody, <laughs> sorry, I'm forgetting her name. Um, moving on to her book, there were things that I was like, oh my gosh, that's like exactly me. Oh my gosh, that's exactly my family. Oh my gosh, that's exactly my husband. And things that I would hear and I'd be like, this is crazy. Like it's she, like this lady knows exactly what's going on in my life. And then the more I looked into codependency and different from different sources, not just from her, the more I would see similar things. And it's like coming across this this stuff, it's so kind of predictable, I guess. There's so many traits. It's just like anything. You know, you look at somebody that is dealing with, for example, like diabetes or something, and there's a lot of similarities within the things that they're dealing with or the, um, the way their body reacts to different things. So it's kind of similar. Obviously, that's a different thing, a mental thing versus a physiological um, body thing. But it's, it's so true. So that's why I kind of made this list that I'm going through of the things that really stood out to me that I worked through recognizing in myself, um, each one of them, I'm on the fourth one in this podcast today, I've gone through three others, and I have six more to go after this. So it's kind of a list of the top 10 things. They're each individual, but they all kind of work together under the same premise. But 
each of them is its own step of kind of working through the process. Um, they're not really in any particular order, I don't think. Um, but it, they're definitely things that it I had to work to overcome each one of them individually, which is why they're all in their own individual podcast. But what I'm going to talk about today, um, I've talked several times on my channel, which my YouTube channel has the real-time um, videos that I was making last year as I was going through discovering all of this. And um, it's also called Katie on the flip side on YouTube if you want to check it out and see like what my mental processes were as I was going through this. But I spent a good bit of time during that process talking about saying no and accepting the fact that it's okay to say no. That's something with a lot of people um, that a lot of people who deal with codependency um, struggle with is saying no, because we tend to be people pleasers. We tend to not want to upset anybody. We tend to want to do more and be more and be accepted and be loved. And um, saying no is hard. And it's something that I never really, I mean, you know, you hear like, oh, it's okay to say no, just say no to drugs. But you don't think about it down to the little small minute things in your day-to-day -day life. Um, not even just the big things like it's okay to say no to your friends if you're tired and you don't want to go to a party. I'm talking about down to the little things that come up with your kids every day or the little things that you um, have to say no to for yourself. Like, you know, it even comes to saying no to yourself on um, I'm not going to allow myself to um, I don't know, procrastinate on this anymore. I'm going to do it. So Anyways, it comes in a lot of different ways, but the the kind of way I'm going to talk about today is saying no in a way that's giving in. So starting to give in or compromise after I've initially said no, starting to backtrack on myself um, or saying yes when I mean no. So like in my head, I'm going like, nope, don't want to do that. Don't want to do that. Sure, I'd love to. No, this is not a good thing. That's not what we want to do. Um and I'll kind of explain why. Um, the other part of this is neglecting my needs for somebody else's wants. Um, obviously, there are situations, and I feel like I say this every time, and I probably don't even have to in life. I shouldn't have to. But I do just want to clarify, there are situations where there's emergencies, and it is important as a friend or family member or whatever to drop everything and help in an emergency with whoever it may be. The problem comes when that same person or a similar situation continues to happen. And it tends in, it turns into a air quotes because you can't see me <laughs> emergency. Um, emergencies are not things that are due to poor planning. Emergencies are things like somebody suddenly is injured. Somebody is suddenly sick. Like I had to go pick my child up from school the other day because he threw up and I was in the middle of working and doing things. That's different than having somebody, um, you know, a friend call you and say, hey, I can't pick my kid up from your house when I was supposed to because you know, whatever. I don't know. I'm I'm not good at giving examples because I hate anybody listening, thinking like anybody that I know personally thinking that I'm talking about them because the majority of the time I'm trying to make up a completely irrelevant example. 
Um, but anyways, it's there's a difference between poor planning. Okay, let me just give you an example. Um, I saw somebody post something somewhere on social media the other day about um, contacting one of their parents. It's a grown person that is around my age. And um, saying, oh my gosh, I have so much to do on this date next week. I don't know how I'm going to get it all done. Um, I basically kind of just scheduled too many things. So it doesn't sound like it's one of those situations where, you know, you've got your, you have three kids and all the kids have a Valentine's Day party at the same time. It's not that kind of situation. It's like a, hey, I scheduled too many things on my own planner for that day. And then the person's relative saying, oh my goodness, let me cancel all the things I already have planned for that day and I will be there and pick up the slack for you. It sounds like in this situation, it's somebody who frequently has this type of thing happen. And, you know, as they were sharing about it, it was like, oh, isn't this wonderful that my family member is so helpful? Um, it would be if it was maybe like this was the first time something like this happened and it's kind of a unpredictable situation. So, um, for example, like right now we're trying to sell our house and showings and things like that come up unexpectedly. Somebody can request a showing, you know, in the next couple hours and maybe it's at the time when we need to pick up the kids or when we need to do something else. And generally we're able to rearrange our schedule to make it all work. Um, I can't guarantee that that's going to happen every time, but there's unexpected things that come up like that. But we, in knowing that we're going to be planning that showings could pop up anytime we're keeping our schedule or we're trying to keep our schedule pretty flexible and open um, without neglecting any of our responsibilities so in the case of the the example that I just gave it's yes it's nice to have a family member to do that for you but that doesn't allow you as a person to realize that maybe you don't need to book so many things <laughs> It's not fair for that family member to have decided they needed to cancel all of the things they needed to do because you overbooked something. Um, you're the one that chose to overbook knowing that that was probably a possibility. You're the one that could have canceled some things you overbooked. And it's so the, the, the family member that canceled all of their things to be there for that person. I have no idea if this is a common situation based on history it sounds like it's a common situation but that as so coming from both sides if you are the person canceling all your things to help a friend or family member out frequently you are not doing them any favors it seems like you're doing them a big favor because you're canceling your plans and you're helping them because bless their hearts you know they just have so much on their plate well guess what everybody can take some things off their plate if they need to and I know some people may come back at me with like, no, I, you know, I have all these things and I can't, I just, I have to be there for everybody and do everything. If you were to look at your schedule and your agenda and everything else, there are some things I'm sure all of us could remove from our schedules. Um, you're not doing that person any, any favors by canceling all of your things and helping them out because then they learn, oh, well they'll always be available to cancel everything for me. So I don't need to worry so much about making sure I schedule stuff in a way that is conducive to my own life running smoothly. Um, that's, it's, it's just, 
it's not helpful. <laughs> um, it's helpful if it's an emergency and, like I said, something has been accidentally overbooked and it's, you know, whatever. But as a person also who's canceling all your things, you're not doing yourself any favors because I have no idea what the person had, had planned. Again, this is kind of like I don't even know the whole story, but I'm giving it as an example, taking it the way I want to for this example. Um that person may have had some doctor's appointment that they'd had scheduled for a month and it was going to be hard to reschedule. But because they were afraid of not being accepted, because they were being afraid of being perceived as somebody who's not helpful, who's not willing to help, who's not there, or maybe it's because they want to be the type of person to get the praise for dropping everything and helping and always being available, they are sacrificing something that is probably important in their lives. I have no idea if it was or not, but I know it happens a lot. So it's not far off base to mention that. Um, I've heard people say that, you know, well, I had to cancel this doctor's appointment that I've had forever because, you know, my so-and-so didn't have childcare and they needed help. Well, I'm sorry, but like that, if that's happening frequently, that's not your responsibility. So you're, you're kind of neglecting yourself, letting yourself down. Um, I don't know. It was hard for me to see that knowing kind of what I know now. And I feel like on the side of the person who has this like, oh my gosh, I overbooked. I need help. I don't know what to do. I've been that person too. And when you have kind of learned that you can rely on other people, that you, it's kind of expected that you rely on other people, that you always need help, like it's, it's a, I don't know, it's, you start, you don't plan as well. And you kind of know there's going to be something to fall back on. No, there's going to be somebody who will always be available if you need it. Not that you intentionally intend to take advantage of anybody or misuse anybody's time, but you just know it's there. And so you're not as careful with your planning. Um, and that's kind of, Colin and I've talked about this a lot too in terms of like, you know, with during the addiction situation that we were dealing with um, and responsibilities around the house or with work or whatever, it was like when I, when I would think of enabling, I would think of somebody who's going to purchase drugs for somebody or like provide the money or provide the whatever the drug or alcohol or whatever is. But it, it can also be in the sense of, you know, he would know that if he didn't get done the work he needed to do, then I would pick up the slack because I always had and whether it was convenient for me or not, I would step in and do it. And so, well, it's okay if I don't get it done this time because somebody's going to pick up the slack. So from that perception of that side of the person, you're not only learning that you can't, you can just slack off and not do things or not schedule things appropriately. But you're adding extra stress to yourself because you're just not taking the time to plan appropriately. Um. You're not taking the time to say like, okay, I know that nobody's going to cover for me on this. So you're going to think twice before you schedule something that overbooks your schedule or you're going to know that you are definitely the one responsible for your kids all day tomorrow. So you're going to figure out the best way 
to utilize your time around taking care of your kids, getting your stuff ready to sell on Facebook Marketplace, or having a rest day or having whatever type of day that you need in order to recharge yourself, getting to bed early, um, making sure you've taken good care of yourself in general so that you are your at your full potential for taking care of somebody. Um, that's kind of taking responsibility for your own self is kind of how you get to the point of being okay with saying no. Because when you know that you don't have or that you're not going to allow yourself to fall back on somebody else whose responsibility your life is not, um, then you're going to be more careful about what you plan. And one thing that I've heard that really stuck with me is that for everything that you say yes to, you're saying no to something else. So um, if somebody invites you to a party or a get together or something that you kind of want to go to, but you'd already promised your kids you were going to take them to the movies. But you know, we could go to the movies the next day, maybe or another time. And my friend only is having this one party. I mean, I don't really particularly like this friend. And it's not really fun when we hang out. But I don't want her to think I'm a bad person. And I don't want her to think I'm being rude and intentionally neglecting her that I'm making up excuses. In that situation, if you choose to say yes to the thing that you kind of want to do, but you don't really want to do, you're saying no to spending time with your family, spending time with your kids. Maybe you're saying no to time that you could that could be spent um, doing a project that's really important to you around the house. Um, it's it's just important to really look into what you're saying yes to and what you're saying no to. I find myself really getting frustrated and stressed with myself when I'm giving in or compromising either if I know I really want to say no or if I've already said no and then somebody talks me back into something. This can come in the form of parenting or in friendships, in family relationships, in spouse relationships, whatever it may be. Um, it happens a lot with kids uh, saying no. And then they're like, but please, but we never get to watch TV on the weekdays and we never get to get ice cream or, you know, whatever the reason is. And then you start to feel bad as a parent. <sighs> man, it's hard, but it's important to stick with what you say no to. Um, especially in the parenting realm, it's like if you go back on saying no after you've already said no and they talk you back into it and they make you feel guilty or they don't make you feel guilty, you allow the things they're saying to induce guilt in yourself. Um, you are teaching them, first of all, that all they have to do is beg and they're going to get what they want. But you're also making it a little bit confusing and more stressful for them. That's something that's helped me to be consistent with saying no to my kids when I know that no is the right decision. Um, it actually adds more stress and more instability in their little minds because they're going, well, I mean, last time she gave in after I begged and pleaded. So this time if I beg and plead, and then when you still continue to say no, it's kind of like, oh, well, dang it, why didn't that work? Well, she must not love me today. Or, you know, what is it that I did wrong? Um, why did it work last time and not this time? Whereas if your no always means no, then it's not going to be a fight. It's eventually not going to be a fight. It might be a little difficult if you have a history of giving in. 
but it's eventually not going to be a fight because they're going to know when you say no, that there's a good reason behind it and that your no means no and your yes means yes. And it's not going to add additional stress to them. I find myself so often being like, um, well, um, maybe, but I don't know. We'll talk about it later. Well, so then they're spending the next however long thinking about the thing and like, well, maybe what should I ask her again? Or like, maybe she's going to say yes, or maybe she's going to say no. When in your head, you're knowing you're going to say no, but you're just putting it off because you don't want to deal with the meltdown. But that's adding extra stress to their brains that they don't need that extra stress. So in reminding myself how important it is to say no to my kids when it's necessary to say no, I have to remind myself that it's actually less harmful for them to have a little five minute meltdown about it and then be done with it instead of dragging it out they've got hope they're like maybe 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 she was gonna say yes when we talk about it again and then you say no for good and then it's even more devastating to them so you're almost just not being completely honest and that's not a relationship that you want to have with your kids now my hard thing about this is not fully thinking before I answer the question so they do tend to have good arguments. <laughs> Kids do. So if it's like, well, we, we've already done all of our things that we need to do today and we cleaned up this playroom and we ate all our dinner. And so can we please watch TV? Because like if they ask and you say no, well then, but we did this and this and this. Man, that's a hard one. Cause I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have just immediately said no. I should have planned better or thought more before I said no. So again, this makes you more accountable to yourself. If you know when you say no, it's going to be a no, makes you more um, reliably look at the whole picture before you just quickly say, no, we're not going to do that, and then change your mind back, which is causing more drama and more more stress. So I try to make myself stop and think before I say no um, or allow them to express why they need to first. So instead of just immediately saying, no, you can't watch TV, saying, um, well, let's talk about it for a second. We don't usually watch TV after dinner or whatever. Um, but is there a reason that you think today should be different? Is that why you were asking? So kind of letting them explain themselves before you've said no, and it's like they're talking you back into it. You can just discuss what the reasons are and then – if they, because sometimes my kids will say, well, but you said earlier that we could blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, crap, I did forget that I said that. Okay, well, this time you can. So they might have something interesting to say. And you can hear out what they have to say and then say, okay, well, I understand all that. However, it is eight o'clock and we don't watch TV usually after dinner. Um, It's just, we can't do that today. I'm sorry. And then the end of the discussion. So it's okay to put off your answer for a minute in the situation. I don't feel like it is super helpful to just say, I don't know, we'll just talk about it later because then they're still wondering. But this is not just a thing that happens in parenting. I feel like this happens with friends um, and family and anybody really that you come in contact with down to the daggum salespeople that stop you in the aisles of Walmart and are like, have, have you tried direct TV? Because we can, no, I don't want it. Thank you. I'm good. I have cable. Well, are you sure? Because, oh man, drives me crazy because I'm so not good at saying no. Um, but it, it goes the same way with any other type of relationship. Um, if somebody knows that you are going to be consistent 
with what you say, then they're, it's not going to make them feel the pressure to like continue to ask you and continue to try to convince you. Um, if you are consistently having somebody that continues to not take no for an answer when you say you're not available or not able to do something, that is a relationship that you do need to probably question in general, because if somebody's not being respectful of your decision to not participate in something with them or to not, you know, buy something that they want you to buy or whatever it is, then it's okay to just kind of kind of let that go a little bit because those aren't the type of people that are going to be helpful for you in your lives. Um, I think for me too, one of the important things that helps me get past this is looking at why I'm giving in or why I feel like I can't say no. Is it because I feel like I want to be accepted by somebody and they're not going to accept me if I say no? Is it that I'm afraid I'm going to be disliked? Um, especially with my kids? Is it that I think they're going to hate me? Um, is it that I feel like I'm damaging them and like, um, what's the word? Not restricting, um, keeping them from experiencing some of the things in life that they need to experience. What is the word? Depriving. Thank you for my brain working. Depriving themselves of the things that they should have a right to as kids or that I'm going to make them feel like it's their fault. You know, you got to look at what is the reason you're doing this. And once you realize why, you have to look at is that a valid reason that you're compromising yourself, that you're giving in, or that you're not able to say no? Is it something that stems from something you've dealt with your whole life of not wanting to to let somebody down, to be accepted, all of that, then that's maybe something you need to work on within yourself. Um, I've learned a lot recently about kind of inner child work is what I've heard it called, um, working on the wounds that possibly could be existing in you from things, not necessarily like some big major event that happened to you as a child, but maybe from either the way you were raised, the way your parents were raised, um, the majority of the time, it's unintentional things, maybe the way you've interpreted um, the parenting you received when you were younger, the way you interpreted the way your friends or your teachers treated you when you were younger. Um, it's not always just because you've been through some big major like abusive situation. Sometimes it's just that certain people were raised a certain way and their parents were raised that way and their parents were raised that way. And that's just what you did. So you kind of have to look back at it and think, am I afraid to say no in this current situation because of something I'm still holding on to from my past, whether it's, you know, your childhood past, maybe your teenage past, your college past, your old relationship past. What is it that's causing you to kind of hold on to that? Um, once you kind of take a look at that, looking at why it is okay to say no and why saying no is the best decision for you. So um, there have been times when Cullen and I have had to make the decision that as a family, our four of us are going to stay home for the weekend instead of going to a football game with all of our family or going on a beach trip with all of our family because of other things that are going on in our lives. It's really hard for anybody outside of your home, um, your immediate family, or even outside of yourself to know exactly the extent of what else is going on in your life. You can tell people all kinds of things, 
but they're not going to know the true emotions and the true situations that are going on. And sometimes it's hard for other people to understand that, but you have to look at why it's the best decision for you and why saying no is going to deliver a more positive outcome for you and your family in that situation, why it's going to make it better for you throughout the next week, throughout the next month. Um, what is it that you're saying yes to by saying no to a different situation? Um, that will also help you not only to be more confident in saying no, but to be more likely to really think it over before you just kind of flippantly say no. Um, you don't know if somebody else is really judging your situation, if they're really not accepting you, if they're really questioning you and thinking however they interpret the fact that you say no is their responsibility. It's not yours. It's not your responsibility to figure out what they're going to, how they're going to interpret something or um, whether or not they're going to think that means you hate them. If you know, it doesn't mean that you hate them. Then you know the truth and anything else that they think is their opinion. Um, go back and listen to my one, my, my podcast a couple episodes ago on other people's opinions are not your responsibility. Um, it's, it's hard. It's been hard for me to kind of get past that because of the way that I am. Um, but it's been really freeing to let that go that when I make a decision based on what I know is best for me and my family, it's somebody else's responsibility, how they interpret that. So in some cases, you know, you might want to say, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be able to go to dinner this Tuesday night. But I'd love to get together with you on a Thursday night or on a different day. Or maybe for some reason dinner just isn't good for you. Like could we do lunch one day? Or maybe we could go get a pedicure together. Or, you know, kind of throwing in some other ideas that do work for you to kind of show that you do still want to spend time together. It's just that part's not convenient right now. And you don't even always have to say that. Um, saying just straight up no is fine. No is a complete sentence. And that's something else that I tell myself too. No is a complete sentence. It's nobody else's business why you're not able to do something. Um, there will be people that want to ask a million questions and want to know why and like, the, well, 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 what? Why is the reason? And that's to be, I think, a little bit expected. But in some cases, it's not necessary to feel like you have to over-explain. I've always been a big feel like I have to over-explain everything. Um, most of your reasoning is not somebody else's business. And the primary thing for me that I have had to kind of pull myself back from over-explaining is that I found once I start to explain my reasons why, then somebody else is going to try to justify why a yes would be okay. So if it's, well, I'm going to have the kids with me and I just, I don't think they'd handle it well. Oh, well, I've got, you know, we're going to have somebody else's kids are going to be here too and they can play or we've got toys, we've got a movie. Well, it's, it's not that like you don't, you might not understand. The other person might not understand why having your kids with you is going to be difficult that your kids are not their kids. They don't react the same way. Maybe your kids hate movies. Maybe your kids hate playing with other kids. And so the fact that they're going to have movies and they're going to have other kids there may not be, may not be beneficial. Um, maybe you just need some time, um, 
you need some time with your kids, like without being with other adults. Maybe your kids need some time at home with you. Um, maybe taking your kids somewhere stressful. Maybe the hour that they're having an event at is during nap time and you know that it doesn't matter if there are like clowns and Mickey Mouse there, they're going to have a meltdown. And that's something that only you as their parent or as yourself, depending, and maybe you're going to have a meltdown at that hour. And I know that can be true for me too. Um, You're the only person who can truly know and understand that. So that's where over explaining can kind of cause you some problems because other people will you know, politely, maybe sometimes not politely, who knows, try to give you solutions to help you be able to come. And it's hard to not want to over explain everything, but it's nobody else's business. You don't have to explain. Um, you don't have to respond. If they start pushing back too much, you can simply say, you know, it's just not going to work out. There's, we got a lot of things going on right now, and this just isn't going to be the best option for us. If somebody continues to ask, ask for an explanation that you don't feel comfortable sharing. Um, and in that case, you also have to remember, and I have to remember, I tell myself it's okay if somebody else doesn't agree with me. I feel like with the codependency portion of myself, I tend to want everybody to agree with me, tend to want everybody to like me. I don't want anybody to think I'm stupid or think I'm dumb or think I'm making a bad decision, but it's okay if they don't agree with you, especially when you get to the point that you are relying on your decision, like you're relying on your decision-making skills to make your decisions. And um, I know fellow Christians who listen to this are like, oh, well, you should only trust God. If you're just relying on yourself, then you're not going to get the right answers. And by saying, by me saying like, you're relying on yourself to make these decisions. I'm not, I'm not saying like, don't pray about it. Don't ask God. Don't trust God's direction. I'm saying, I'm talking within the realm of like the rest of the human world. (laughs) What you and God decide is still your decision. Whether you've talked to God about it or not is your own decision too. But you're the one that has to come out and say, you and God are the only ones who know exactly what's going on in your life. Um, and it's okay if somebody else doesn't agree with you. That is not your responsibility. If they don't agree, then I don't know. How is that going to change your life? If they're rude and disrespectful about that, maybe they're not somebody that you truly need to be spending time with. Because if somebody can't respect your decisions and the things that you want to do because of their selfish reasons of needing to do whatever it is they want to do with you. It's probably not a very healthy relationship. Um, so the things I try to tell myself are no is a complete sentence. It is okay to say no. There's nothing wrong with saying no. It is nobody else's business why I make the decisions I make. It's okay for me to explain them, but I don't have to over explain myself. It's okay if somebody doesn't disagree. It's okay if somebody else doesn't agree with me. Um, when I'm saying no to something, I'm saying yes to something else and vice versa. If I'm saying yes to something, I'm saying no to something else. And then um, there's something that somebody has said, and I can't ever remember who it is. It's somebody, it's a lady who wrote a book. I don't know. <laughs> there's a lot of those out there. 
But basically her kind of claim to fame, and it's not like it's like super novel, but if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. If you don't find yourself being like, yes, I definitely want to do that, then you probably should rethink whether you actually want to do it because putting yourself in situations where for whatever reason you're uncomfortable or you don't feel like it's something that you want to be involved in is just kind of like disrespecting yourself. And that's where you start to lose your self-confidence. That's where you start allowing other people to determine your worth, which is not okay. Nobody else gets to determine your worth or make your decisions for you. Um, I feel like I talked way more about this than I even intended to, but it just is a really important one to me. Um, and I just, it gets t- deep on so many different levels. It seems pretty straightforward, like just say no. But if you have dealt with some of these, this codependency, these feelings, these, this, this behavior pattern in your life, you're going to understand um, why it's so difficult. So hopefully some of this has been helpful to you guys. Um, I really appreciate y'all being here and listening and going through this with me. I know I've gotten so many messages of how helpful it's been, how much you have realized things that you didn't know about yourself or your family or your friendships or your your relationships. And I think it's really important to take a look at all of it. And even if there's just one little piece of it that that makes a difference for you, I hope it does. I love hearing feedback from y'all. Obviously on podcasts, you can't leave comments, but I love to connect with y'all on Instagram. You can follow me over on Instagram at katiepie07. That's the best way to get in touch with me most likely. Um, Instagram does only keep so many direct messages from people that I'm not following. So sometimes those will get lost, but you're welcome to leave a comment on a picture or, um, you can also contact me through Twitter at Katie seven. That is where I am as well. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for sharing this. If you feel like it's important content that you got something out of that your friends might enjoy as well, feel free to share it on your social media platforms. Take a screenshot of the screen you're listening to right now and post it in your Instagram stories. Tag me so I can see it and let me know. Um, I love just, just seeing the faces behind the people who are listening. I see numbers of how many people have listened to things, but seeing your faces and hearing your stories is, um, super special to me. So thank you guys so much for always being here and being awesome, loving, supportive and encouraging. I will see you guys. I guess I won't see you because it's a podcast, right? (laughs) I'll talk to you guys in my next podcast. Bye guys.